Vahi or Barry turned on the lights in honor of Hanukkah. Today, Bezrat Hashem will be learning Daf Yutes in Masechet Sachim, but we start eight lines up from the bottom. Anjit Chesim and Bez. I um, heard from Birnbaum in the name of Rabbi Katz that you remember the exchange in Chagai with regards to the test that Chagai gave the Kohanim as they were entering or about to re enter the Beis Mikdash, the second Beis Mikdash. So Rabbi Katz said that entire episode took place on Chaf Dalit Kislev. Well, how does he know that? The Pasuk says it in Chagai. It says that it's the 24th day of the ninth month. And in fact, that it was the preparation, it was years before, but it was the preparation for the first Hanukkah. That in preparation for Hanukkah, they were learning the Hilchos of Tuma and Tara as they were about to enter the base of Mikdash, which is perhaps why they were so excited to find the Shemen Tahar, right, the Pach Shemen, upon entrance into the base of Mikdash. So talk about calendrical coincidence. And the uh, it's been going on all year long, all through the cycle since Brachos, and perhaps no, no more uh, apropos than this time around. Unbelievable. So really brings it, as much as Tuma Vitara is foreign to us, it also is bringing it, home to us, as Chagai did with the Kohanim. And those Kohanim, they weren't really so from, right? This was not, uh, but, but they were coming back, and Bez Hashem will be Zohar to come back as well. Okay, so now, Rava's statement uh, that was yesterday, that Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yossi don't agree with each other uh, about a specific thing. I'll say it a little bit outside first. There's a Kalva Chomer. There's a Kalva Chomer that we're going to learn. These Kalva Chomers are very... Uh, Dubious, right? You're talking about yesterday we had Kavachomer as well. If a mashke can't be metame a mashke, um, and, but it also can't be metame a kli, so therefore, uh, but, but it can be metame an ochel, so then maybe an ochel shouldn't be metame a kli and, and backwards and forwards. But these, some of these Kavachomers, the reason why a mashke, for example, can't be metame a mashke is, as we discussed, because of the technicality that one item can't be metame, another item of its own kind. That liquids don't metame liquids and solids don't metame so- solids, right? Um, as, as we say, that enosetuma elekiyotzeba, right? So it's, it's not because of the potency of the tuma that the mashke isn't metame mashke. So you can't really build a kavachomer on it. We'll see another kavachomer uh, like that as well over here. That these kavachomers are dubious, but right there, they're limudim. That's number one. Uh, we also saw an unbelievable idea. Milsa de Ashi Bakavachomer Tarach Vakasav Lakra. The Rabari Libritz expounds on in great length the idea of when would the Torah take something that's seemingly superfluous that you could have done, learned Misvara, right, and actually state it anyways, right? This was something that we saw yesterday. So this is part of why, as we mentioned uh, to, to Rav Kalman uh, yesterday, this is probably why some of these esoteric ideas, because we're about to hit another very unusual Kalvachomer, this is, uh, this might be why, um, the Rambam in his Parish of Mishnayas, Tataras, explained that it was so esoteric, that you can't really follow a, a thread of logic that's, uh, like, like you could perhaps with Nazikin or something like that, where you could really categorize it. It has to, you have to go over it again and again and again in order to understand why these Kavachomers would work. We'll see. What we have here is Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi disagree with each other. What I'm going to say outside is that Rabbi Yossi 
uh, Rabbi Akiva doesn't agree with the Kalva Chomer that Rabbi Yossi is about to suggest. And Rabbi Akiva himself has a unique outlier shita, which is that Tumah can be susceptible, uh, that Chulin themselves can be susceptible to a third degree Tumah. We hold like Rabbi Yossi. The standard operating procedure, the halacha that we are familiar with is what we've said until now, that a Chulin can only contract a second degree Tumah, Truma, which is more holy, so to speak, than Chulin, is more susceptible. And therefore, even if something is third degree removed from Tumah, it will contract it, but more than that, it will not. And Kachim, which are even more holy than Truma, they are more susceptible even than Truma, and they would be uh, susceptible to a fourth degree removed Truma, uh, Tumah, right? And that is the Shita of Yossi. But Rabbi Kiva rejects this, as we will now see in the Gemara. So here we go. This was a conversation between Ravashi and Rav Kahana. We learned in the Brisa. Right, so we see already that Rabbi Yossi is not going to agree with Rabbi Kiva. Because how does he know that in the case of Kachim, that it becomes Pussel. Pussel means that it can contract Tuma, but it can't impart Tuma. But basically, it's the end of the line, but it can, in fact, be infected, so to speak, with a fourth degree Tuma. Vidinhu. We learn it from the following Kalvachomer. That's why I gave the introduction, because we're about to learn an interesting Kalvachomer here. Uma mechusr kipurim shemutr betruma, Pussel bekodesh, shlishish Pussel betruma, eno din shiaser kodesh. That's where we're going to that's where we ended off yesterday, and that's where we're going to flesh out a little bit, and then we'll move on uh, probably pretty quickly. So here we go. The Mechosa Kippurim. Just to review again, you can, um, a, there are certain types of Tumas, what the art school calls bodily irregularities, okay, that require essentially three things. So those Tumas could be a Zav, a Zava, right, a Mitzora, a Yoledes, Right, you have something with your body. When you have these tumma, when you're finished, in order to purify yourself, you have to dunk in the mikvah. After you dunk in the mikvah, you're called you're called a tevul yom, which means that you've already dunked. At that point, you can already um, eat meiser sheni. Okay, at that stage, then you wait for shkia, right, for hair of shemesh. Once shkia comes, you're no longer tevul yom, and now you can eat truma. But at that point, you're still called a mechuser kipurim. Be, which is because the next day you have to then bring a korban. That's the third and final stage of your purification, and you're missing that, so you call it mechusar kippurim. At that stage of mechusar kippurim, you can, as we said, eat truma, but then and once you bring the korban, you could even eat kachim. That's how that purification goes. So that's how this makavachomer works. That's what this means. Ma mechusar kippurim shemuter betruma. Pasal B'Kodesh, right? He's in that intermittent stage. He's already had the He'erev Shemesh, right? He's not a Tvul Yom anymore. He's already had the Erev Shemesh, which means that the sun already set, which means he could already eat Truma, Mutter B'Truma, but Pasal B'Kodesh, but he has not brought the Korban yet, so he can't eat Kachim, okay? What are we comparing this to? A Shlishi, right? A Shlishi, something which is Tamei, on the third degree of tuma is shepasul betruma, right? It can't eat when you're when you have a soul of third degree tuma. You're obviously pasul betruma, right? Because as we said, truma is in the third degree, 
and Kachim is in the fourth degree. So So how do we know that Truma is in the third degree and, and, and Kachim are in the fourth degree? We learn it, Rabbi Yossi learns it from this uh, Kav Chomer. But again, what's the Kav Chomer? The Kav Chomer is that we see that he could eat Truma. But a Shlishi, right, can't eat Truma. And therefore, if the Mechusaki Purim is puzzle on the fourth degree, then certainly the Shlishi is going to be puzzle on the fourth degree. There again, well, the reason why this, this Kav Chomer is dubious, and we know that, and, and, and Rabbi Akiva rejects it, could be, because this is what I meant is so esoteric about Tuma. It's true, it's true that the Mechusaki Purim can eat Truma. That is true. However, unlike the Shlishi Batuma, which is a third degree level of Tuma, the Mechusar Kippurim himself was an Ava Tuma. He was a higher degree. He was himself the source of Tuma, right? This was an individual. You're talking about a human being versus something else, like a, like a, like a Oichel, like a Chulin, like a piece of bread or something that was a third degree. Well, a Chulin wouldn't be a third degree Tuma. You're talking about a piece of bread that was Truma, that was a third degree Tuma, right? So, so that is, in fact, what we're going to see. That's why you wouldn't necessarily hold to this Kavachomer. So it's not uh, necessarily a thread of logic like A is greater than B, and therefore, right, if B is, if C is greater than B, then C is greater than A, because they don't all line up so neatly, right? And Mechusuki Purim himself was an Avatuma. You can tell me that a Mitzora is less Tame than, than, a, than a Truma that's a third degree. So it's true that a third degree uh, tr- uh, tuma is possible but Truma and then a Mechusa Kippurim can eat Truma. But that, that may be for a different reason. There's just too many variables when it comes to Tuma to line it up. It's not as simple as it seems. But be that as it may, the Gemara presents this perspective of Rabiosi with regards to the Kav And therefore, that's how Rabiosi holds that Raviv is Tomei Bekodesh. As we will see, Rabi Kiva has a different source for it. Ultimately, he holds... Um, a lot more like Rabbi Yossi than you would think. Halacha it just has a different way of arriving at it. Okay, so now, so now, says the Gemara, So again, according to Rabbi Yossi, the Shlishi B'Kodesh we learned from the Psukim, and we extended it to the V from Mekal V'Chomer. Which Pasuk do we learn that Shlishi B'Kodesh is, right, that Shlishi is, in fact, in the case of Kodesh, Apostle, uh, as follows, Dixiv Habasar, Asher Yiga, as we arrive at Yotesimit Aleph, at still the manageable time of 548 a.m. It says, and we see it's not such a big looking uh, piece of Gemara, so hopefully we're okay time wise, although that Rashi is gargantuan. Uh, we're not going to read it inside, we're going to try to say it outside. So it goes like this The Pasuk says, right? This is obviously these psukim vayikor that you, that meat that touches anything, right, shouldn't be eaten, right? So says the Gemara, Milo Askinan Dinaga Besheni, it would apply that this, this meat touched a sheni batuma. As Rashi says over here, the very first line, Yutesamad Alf, the sheni nikra tame, right? It says, Bechol tame lo yachel. So tame in the Pasuk Rashi explains is referring to a sheni batuma. So that's good. Okay, and therefore, Ravi Mikal Vachomer, Kidam Rinon. So, again, Basar, Asher, Yiga, Bechol, Tamei. So the Basar that touches Tamei, Tamei says Rashi is a Shani Batuma. The Basar which touches it is a Shlishi Batuma. 
And that Pasuk is therefore teaching you that Shlishi Batuma uh, cannot be uh, eaten. And that's how you know that Shlishi Batuma is, is Asr in that, in that context. Now, and that's how you learn it, Latruma. And then, as the Gemara says, and the Ravi is then expounded to Kodesh from the Kavachomer, as we explained uh, just now, that that's the Kavachomer of Rabbi Yossi. So that is, that is Rabbi Yossi's Limud. Now, now, if you would have thought that he held like Rabbi Akiva, Nisni Nami Ravi Betruma Bechamishi Bekodesh. Now, again, that Kalvachomer is like the hallmark of Rabbi Yossi's Shita. Um, right? So, but Rabbi Akiva, however, we already said, holds amazingly that a Shlishi, that a Chulin can be Tomeh Bishlishi. Oh. So if you take Rabbi Akiva's concept, that Chulin is Tameh B'Shlishi, and apply Rabbi Yossi's Kavachomer to it, what you would end up with is Nisni Nami Ravi B'Truma V'Chamishi B'Kodesh. Then you would go not only that a Shlishi is Metame B'Truma and a Ravi is Metame B'Kodesh, but you would go one step further, right? Because we hold, like, what does Rabbi Yossi hold? That Sheni B'Chulin, Shlishi B'Truma, Ravi B'Kodesh. Well, if you hold like Rabbi Kiva, that, uh, that Shlishi is also Metam Bechulin, and you hold of Rabbi Yossi as Kavachomer, then you'd end up with a Shlishi Bechulin, Ravi Betruma, and Chamishi Bekodesh. And we know that that's not the case. Nobody holds like that. We don't hold of Chamishi Bekodesh and Ravi, right? We don't hold that a fifth degree is Metame anything. So therefore, it must be that Rabbi Akiva rejects Rabbi Yossi's Kavachomer. Because we know that Rabbi Akiva starts off from the point of a Shlishi being Metame. And if he followed Rabbi Yossi, he'd end up at the fifth degree being Metame Kachim, and we know that he does not end up that way. And that's why the Gemara concludes here, El Rabbi Akiva, Lo Savar Karabi Yossi. So we know that that's why, right, that Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Akiva. So again, had, when we say Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Kiva, and Rabbi Kiva doesn't hold like Rabbi Yossi, what do we mean? So again, just to say it outside, Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Kiva because he rejects his assertion that a chulin is metame bishlishi. And Rabbi Kiva doesn't hold like Rabbi Yossi because he rejects the concept of Rabbi Yossi's kalvachomer that we just noted. Okay? And that's how they reject each other. So we just proved, right, why Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Kiva. Because if Rabbi Yossi held as again, if Rabbi, that like Rabbi Akiva, that Chulin is Metam Bishlishi, he would have ended up, b- but with a fifth degree Tumah being Metam Bekachin, and that's not a thing. And Rabbi Akiva also Rabbi Yossi Minalan. How do we know that Rabbi Akiva rejects Rabbi Yossi's Kalvachomer? Uh, as follows. So Amalei Rav Kahana, again, this was a con- uh, conversation between Rav Ashi and Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana answered, Amalei, the Lolishtame Tanavalisni Revi Betrumah Bechamishi Bekodesh. Because we know, right, that if Rabbi Kiva held like Rabbi Yossi and held this Kavachomer, right, he would end up holding that Ravi is Betruma Vachamishi Bekodesh. And nobody would ever learn that. Okay. Um, so you say, Venema Rabbi Akiva, he. So then, wait a minute. Maybe we would say that that is the opinion um, uh, that Rabbi Akiva. So you say, no, we don't find any, any, any Tana holds that a Ravi. But is, is Tame Betruma and Chamishi Tame Bekodesh. And therefore, since we know that there's no Tanaic source at all for that Shita, it must be therefore that Rabbi Kiva rejects Rabbi Yossi's Kalvachomer. So Rabbi Kiva rejects Rabbi Yossi's Kalvachomer, and Rabbi Yossi rejects Rabbi Kiva's concept that a Shlishi is Tame Bechulin, 
And that's why they both actually essentially arrive at the same halacha. The only difference, halacha la between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi is that Rabbi Akiva is going to hold that tchulin is nitme bishlishi betuma. That chulin can in fact be contaminated by a third degree tuma. But beyond that, Rabbi Akiva will agree that um, truma is is by a shlish can also be contracted by a third degree tuma, and that kachim is contracted by a fourth degree tuma, and, and so he has to learn that from a different source. Rabbi Yossi, on the other hand, rejects Rabbi Kiva's shlishi bechulin, and therefore he his source is simply the kalvachomer and the pasuk as we have explained. Okay, so now Ravashi says, but not ahachi Okay. So is that a, is that a good enough evidence that Rabbi Kiva doesn't uh, hold of the Kavachomer? Are you telling me that, like for example, maybe at Chulin, Truma, and Kachim, they're all they're all uh, contaminated from third degree Tuma? So the Gemara relates. This is what happens at the end. Nafak Ravashi, Vitamer of Kahana, Dakva Eshkach. As a matter of fact, right? The the question here was is is this really reliable? Didn't I hear somewhere that there could be a fifth degree tuma? Like Birnbaum was saying, he seems to remember from elementary school that maybe there's a fifth and a sixth degree tuma. And so maybe you remember that also, Nisbam, but I'll tell you this, Barry, that it could be that you heard it because that could be maybe there are bottom, maybe. But we're talking here Bidar Raisa. Right? We're talking Midar Raisas. But Sure enough, Ravashi, V'yitamer of Kahana, Dak Ve'eshkach, an amazing Lashon, they investigated very, very thoroughly to find out, is there such a thing as a Revi, Betruma, and a Chamishi Bekuchim, just to make sure that maybe Rabbi Kiva does hold of the Kavachomer. Because if there would be any source that there's a Revi, Betruma, Bechamishi Bekuchim, then that would mean, hey, that's Shitas Rabbi Kiva, and he also holds on to the concept of the Kavachomer of Yossi. But sure enough, they found no such evidence, and they are confident that Midar Raisa, there's no such thing as a Revi Betruma and a Chamishi Bekachim. It's only a Shlishi Betruma and a Revi Bekachim. How so? Haditnan, because they found it in a Mishnah. This Mishnah is in Chagiga, and the Mishnah says like this, Hakli Mitzaref Esmasha Betocho. Now, it's an interesting idea. What's this idea of Tziruf? So, let's say you have, I don't know, meatballs, right? So, if you have meatballs, and one is a shlishi latuma, and then it touches another meatball, it's a fourth degree, and another meatball is a fifth degree, and another is a sixth degree, ain't ladav ourself, right? It could go on forever if you, could, if you consider, again, how is this tuma being transferred? You have saucy meatballs touching each other, right? That's how the, you're transferring the tuma. Okay, so what are you going to say? Meatballs in a pot are all just going like in a fire line, just touching each other in consecutive, like dominoes, and, and, and the last meatball in the pot is like a, whatever, a 23rd degree tumma? No. Rather, all the meatballs in the pot are considered the same degree of tumma. Well, that wouldn't be true if the meatballs were like laying down on the table. They would, in fact, be transferring tumma one to the other sequentially. However, the fact that they're in a pot, the pot itself makes it one container and one level of tumma. That's the concept of tziruf, right? That means that the pot makes it one sort of area where they're all considered one degree of tumma. So that is a lesson that we learn in Chagiga. So that's what it means, hakli mitzarif etzmash betocho. The kli makes it, now it's, a, now it's not just individual meatballs, now it's a pot of meatballs that in, entirely in, it has unifying effect, right, at tziruf, a unifying effect that they all have considered the same degree of tumma. So, 
So that pertains to Kachim, but not to Truma. In other words, with regards to Truma, right, that which is the, the, uh, anything that's touched be, will in fact have this sequential, um, thing to it. And therefore, the actual fact that it's present in a pot, will be of no consequence. So the truma actually actually um, diminishes much more quickly, even in a pot, according to this Mishnah in Chagiga. Okay. So, again, so, L'Kodesh Avalot Truma, V'Avi B'Kodesh Pasol, that really is not so much where their source is, it's from this other part, V'Avi B'Kodesh Pasol, V'Shlishi B'Truma. And their V, in the case of Kodesh, is Pasol, and Shlishi B'Truma. So there we have a source in the Mishnah itself, that we have a Shlishi near a V, as we said, was the sheet of Rabbi Yossi, and it seems like Rabbi Kiva would have to agree with this, and we'll see. This mission in Chagiga was in fact recorded from the Edus. Remember, we had Adios, where um, when they opened up the base manager for Belazar ben Azariah, uh, became the Rosh Yeshiva. They all gave testimony. Rabbi Kiva was in the house. And he gave this testimony, and it was in fact Rabbi Kiva himself that said that Shlishi is Betruma and Ravi is Bekodesh. So we see that he himself holds that it stops there, and that's how we know he rejects Rabbi Yossi's Kalvachomer. The Tanan. How do we know that this was in fact the testimony of Rabbi Kiva? The Tanan. Hoisif Rabbi Kiva Hasoilis Vaktoris Valavona Vegachalim. When he was talking about the, the concept of Tziruf, Okay, this concept is already recorded in in Mishnayos and Adios. It was said so again. The concept of Tirif itself is quoted in Chagiga, and then just like we saw yesterday, we had we had certain Mishnayos were collected all in Adios. Some some of those testimonies were collected in, in the Masechus Adios, but some of them also appeared in other Masechtes uh, from that day. So we had yesterday from Sota. Today we have from Chagiga. Okay. But in any event, the Mishnah Adias says that Rabbi Kiva, with respect to this concept of Tziruf, added what? Solis, Ktoris, Levona, and Gechalim, which is Solis, the fine flower of Hekdesh, right? Ktoris, we know it was the incense, and the Levona was what we call the frankincense, and the Gechalim, which are coals. Now, interesting, interestingly enough, so flour is edible, but, but coals and and incense are not edible. So we'll see that that becomes a little bit relevant here. So, Rabbi Kiva added that all of those items are subject to this rule of Tziruf, in the sense that she'im naga t'vul yom b'miktsasan pasal es kulan. If a t'vul yom, as we mentioned before, what t'vul yom is, if he touched any part of them, he made all of them tameh. Okay, so we see that he holds the, that the vessel that had all of these solas, k'taras, v'von, and gechalim mixed in it does combine it, and he, and it was Rabbi Kiva himself that in fact was talking about this concept of Tziruf, and it was in fact within that very Mishnah in Chagiga, where they discussed the concept of Tziruf, they held that what? Says the Gemara, in Chamishi Lo, Shlishi in Revi'i Lo, that in that very Mishnah, he held that with respect to Kachim, the most, uh, Right, the, it, that is the most susceptible. Um, it is susceptible only to a fourth degree tuma, but chamishi lo, not to a fifth. And with respect to truma, it is susceptible to a third degree tuma shlishi in, but not a fourth. But revi lo. Okay. So that is the source. 
So now the Gemara is going to conclude, right? We simply conclude uh, this idea of the difference between Rabbi Yochanan, uh, between uh, Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yossi, it ends up being that he learns, as we said, that Rabbi Kiva himself is going to hold the same halacha as Rabbi Yossi, the only difference, right, that's based from this Mishnayis, that we know we compare Adias to Chagiga, but we know that Rabbi Kiva does hold that a chulin can be metamim by shlishi batuma, but aside from that, in fact, we see that Rabbi Kiva is in fact in line with Rabbi Yossi and everyone else. And so the normative halacha is shlishi betruma, revi bekodesh. Beautiful. The art scroll on 19A2 has a, all the shitas, right? Seven different shitas as to tuma of ochlin and mashkim. You could eye and sham to review who holds what. And hopefully that will be halacha lamaisa soon. Okay, now. Now that we finished this idea, Mazel tov, by the way, it's like Hadron Allah, this idea of foods and beverages and all of these tuma. We're just going to talk a little bit, a little bit more about this, this Kli, right? So we've just mentioned within the Kli that the last Mishnah that we mentioned, Rabbi Kiva in Adius, mentions that in the Kli were also inedibles. So eight lines up from the bottom, Yatesim Amud Aleph, we say, Ama Kasavar Tsiruf that from that statement that Rabbi Yochanan brought up, we see that he holds that the tzirif idea, okay, is actually a derabonan idea. It's not a daraisa idea. Why? Well, because midaraisa, what, what becomes tamim midaraisa? Adam, ochlim, kalim, right? Mashkin. Well, frankincense and coals are none of those things. They're in fact inedible elements. And therefore, those can only be Tamei Medirabanam. And so the fact that they're included in the Mishnah of Enadius with regards to Tzirif shows that the Tzirif itself, in that case, has to be Dirabanam. However, says the Gemara, this is actually in contrast with what Rabbi Chanin held, the Amar Tzirif Deraisa. Rabbi Chanin held that Tzirif was Deraisa. How so? Shanamar, he had a Pasuk for it. Kaf achas asaraza av You might, this might sound familiar, right? It seems like we say that a lot. Okay, very funny. You like common like that one. So we're hearing this a lot. So which now that now that we're reading it, let's just translate it. You have your golden ladle, right? It's a golden ladle, and it's filled with what? With katoris. So akasiv. What, what did you learn from this? Like a homiletic, right? A limud. Kafachas means everything, as long as it's in the ladle, is going to be considered like one. Which means the concept of tziruf can apply not only midar but we have an allusion to the concept of tziruf midar that anything that is in the ladle is, is mixed together. Okay. So, we, we finished Tuma of foods and beverages. By the way, tomorrow we'll finish the, the, the whole, on Dafchaf, we'll finish the whole, uh, the whole and by the time we reconvene next week, we'll be back Bezat Hashem into Psachim. So I hope we'll still see you, Kalman. I know I know this was like your favorite part, but uh, to see if you can learn. Don't worry, there's a lot, plenty of Kachim to learn in the Karman Pesach. Okay, so here we go. Let's go back to let's turn our attention to a related mission over here. Again from Adios, the a following. 
halacha, a little bit related, but the, the main relation to it is it also was learned by Rav Hanina Skan Kohanim, as follows. It's not Hassan. We learned in Adias. Al-Machat Shanim Tzeis Babasar. Rav Hanina Kohanim gave an Adis, another Adis in Masechus Adias on that fateful day. This one was a totally different idea. You found a needle in the flesh of a slaughtered animal. You're cutting the animal, you're doing the shechita, and you see a metal needle sticking out. Now, why would you assume that this has anything to do with Tumah? We're going to see. We're going to see. Why would you think that this needle is Tameh? But the first thing that you learn in Adius is what? That the knife that you use to do the shechita and the hands that you used to handle this activity, they are in fact Tahar. But the flesh where you saw the needle sticking out is in fact going to be treated as Tameh. Okay, which is important because it touched the needle. And so we'll see why this is all true. Nimtzis beferesh, but if you find the needle in the animal's excrement, then hakal tahar. Then you're going to say that not only are your hands and the knife tahar, but even the flesh of the basar is tahar, because after all, the animal, it didn't apparently lodge itself in the said flesh. And the animal managed to swallow the Right, the tummy needle and pass it without it touching its own flesh. This is like, Kalman was asking me yesterday about Tuma Balua, right? Um, right, so maybe, maybe this is all related, right? I, I, I still, I'm not 100% sure what the question might be still better than the answer because we're talking about different kinds of Tumas. And yesterday we talked about Mivatal Bime'ayim, that how you could drink the Mechatas and still it's being Metamiyu. Here you can actually, uh, you can swallow a needle, and if it sticks in your, if it sticks into your flesh, then it's metamayu. But if you pass it, then it's not. So, um, you know, when we get to it, then I will, I'll understand it better. So hopefully, I'll give myself a bracha, Rav Kalman, that will understand that I'll understand this better as we learn more and more, and all of these in Yanim, and then uh, and, and then we'll be able to answer your question. Yes. I, I looked up the Mishnah in Pulim. Uh, yeah. Right. So we cut them up and we laid out the pieces of the animal. Once it's in the open, the concept doesn't apply anymore. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. And in this case, we're talking about it's still intact inside the uh, Right. So, right. So, it's, so, so, what Kalman is saying, what well, we said yesterday, both in the case yesterday where you open it and both in the case that we're learning now, you opened up the animal. So, once you open up the animal, it's not quite so balua, is it? It's, it's, uh, but the Kiddush is, you're saying that even though it had been swallowed by the animal, um, once we open it, it almost has like a renaissance, right? And, and the tumma uh, re-arrives, unless, like we're saying here, the animal actually passed it and they managed to get through the entire animal before, I guess, you opened it. And, and at that point, it doesn't contract that tumma. Uh, I'm glad I brought it up. What? Thank you. And that's from Masechus Chulin. What does this have to do with anything? With Hanina Skana Kohanim, Remember, it came from the idea of can you burn? We're going to get soon to back to Pesachim. Don't worry, Goranowitz. But the question was, can you burn two different levels of tumah chametz uh, in the same in the same chametz pile on erev Pesach? So that's how we got to Chanina Skana Kohanim, and we're still with him. Uh, we're going to leave him soon. So savor the moments, Goranowitz. Okay, a related comment. So Amar Rabbi Kiva, Zachinu Sheintum Mikdash. So with regards to this, Rabbi Kiva says we're so lucky that we don't have. 
Tumas Yadayim B'Mikdash. You have to turn the page to Tesla Mbeiz and to see the first Rashi. Uh, uh, fascinating Lashon of the Rashi. What is Rabbi Kiva saying? S'chus v'tovah v'revach v'takana hilanu. Mehefsen kachim. Shalom nigzer gazer shedayim b'mikdash litame b'davar she'ein metame adam. Right? That Rabbi Kiva is saying, we're so lucky. It's like revach v'hatzala, right? That we are given this dispensation that our hands do not become tame when we're dealing with the mikdash. Because if our hands were tame, that would really be a drag. It would be very difficult to perform the avodas mikdash if we had to worry about all different degrees of tumma all the time coming in from different sources. Now, the Gemara is going to discuss, well, what do you mean? Uh, it's a good thing that we don't have this gazera. Maybe we do. So let's see. First of all, the Gemara says on Yud Tesem Beis, first word, Wait a minute. Why is Rabbi Kiva uh, like thanking Hashem, having like a Thanksgiving meal over here over Lahavdil, over the fact that there's no Tumas Yadaim? Maybe he should have also mentioned that there's no Tumas Kalim. Why? Because after all, the Mishnah that we cited Right, the Tanan Hasam over here of Avchanan Kohanim was in fact saying that not only are the hands clean, but also the knife is clean. Right, you shech this animal, and it says the hands are clean, the knife is clean, the part where the needle was is tummy, but the hands and the, and the knife are clean. So why why is Rabbi Kiva waxing poetic about the fact that the hands are clean? Shouldn't he also be grateful for the fact that the knife is uh, not considered tummy? So my answer is I'm a Rabbi Yehuda, I'm a Rav. Uh, somebody might have said, either Rabbi Yudam Rav or Rabbi Yossi, that the, uh, it's a historical thing. That when Rabbi Kiva was saying his statement about the fact that he's thankful that the Yadaim can remain clean, that's when the Yadaim, there had been already a Gezerah outside of the base of Mikdash, Metami Yadaim Midurabanan from Tumah. However, the Gezer and Metame Kalim Mituma Midurabanon outside of the Mikdash had not yet been enacted. And so therefore it was a historical thing that the reason Rabbi, Rabbi Kiva was grateful that, that the, he was only grateful for the fact that the Yadaim were allowed to not become Tuma inside the base of Mikdash was because only Yadaim at that stage were Usr outside of the base of Mikdash. And therefore, they were not, the, the Kalim weren't even Usr outside of the base of Mikdash. He had no reason for them to be, for, him, for himself to be especially grateful that the Kalim were in fact allowed in the base of Mikdash. But, but Amarava, Rava is going to reject this. He said, well, historically that's just incorrect. We know historically that the Tuma, Midarabanan, that was enacted on the Yadaim was in fact enacted, that was the Gezea that was enacted on the Kalim. And we know when these Gezeras were done. We don't have to guess because we know. Because we already learned it in Masecha Shabbos Daf Yud Dalid. Which day was that? Ditnan. We learned in the Mishnah in Zavim that the following items are contaminated with, right, that are considered a Shady Latuma and therefore, and therefore Truma can't, can't touch it, which is Hasefer. Right, so we already said that certain, right, the uh, scrolls, if they are in fact considered very holy, right, if they're part of the, right, of our Seder, of, of uh, Tanakh, then they're metame sayadaim, vehayadaim, and hands that are not rinsed, and a tvul yom, we know, is a sheni latuma, in the sense that, um, ochlin and all these foods that were metame bemashkin. Oh, so all of these things are considered tame. 
What was that day? What does it say in Mesecha Shabbos? Yud Gimel Medbez and Yud Dalid. That day was in the what? The famous attic of Hananiah ben Chizkiah ben Garon. Remember the attic? They all went into the attic. They realized that Beit Shammai was outnumbering Beit Hillel in a twist of fate. That was unusual. Remember, we learned over there, they actually closed the doors. It got really hectic. And they quickly made 18 gazeros according to the sheet of Beit Shammai. This is the famous 18 gazeros. And so these Metimus Yadaim and Timus Kalim are both included in those 18 gazeros. It was literally done on the same day. So I'm a Rava. So now we say, that can't be why Rabbi Kiva omitted the Kalim. It can't be because the, the, there was not yet Nigzar on the, on the Kalim. El I'm a Rava. Hanach Sakin. Uh, put aside the issue concerning the sakin. Why? Because even if it was chulin, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be contaminated. We know that chulin is contaminated even by sheni b'tuma. Why? High sakin Because what did the knife touch that it would have become tame? In other words, this knife would never have become tame. Why? Because If you say that the that the sakin touched the actual flesh of the animal where the, the tummy needle was found. We know that food, uh, this, is what, this is why it's so good that we put in all the hard work to learn all the different limudim. We learned yesterday that food is not metamei Okay, And if you're going to say that the uh, knife touched the actual tummy needle, so we know that a kli is not metamei either. So even if the, even if the knife touched these, um, the busser or the needle, the knife itself would have never been Tameh, and therefore Rabbi Kiva doesn't have to be grateful that it's Tahar, because halachically, Mi'ikardin, it's not, it's not Tameh. He only has to be grateful for the Adaim, which can become Tameh. Okay, so that is why Rabbi Kiva was only praising Hashem, so to speak, right? Thank goodness that the Adaim can not, be, or we're allowed to, for them to not be Tameh in the base Amikdash, so we could continue to do the Avoda. And that is why he did not mention the knife. However, now the Gemara wants to know, having resolved that situation, the statement of Rabbi Kiva, we want to know, how do we know that this needle is Tameh? Like, well, we see a needle in a cow. So, Mehechi Tesi, that it's Tameh, altogether. So, says the Gemara, the Gemara asks, Hai Machat concerning this needle now. Why do we think that it's tummy? So, inema suffik machat. So maybe you say, well, we see a needle, we have no idea where it's been. So it's a suffik. So if you're going to say that we're, we treat it like a tummy out of a suffik, that there was a statement, like a joint sort of statement, where one of them said the following. You find, right, so let's say you find a spit in Yerushalayim. So you find spit on the ground. Spittle, right? So that, that, that's really nuclear in the days of, of the Beis HaMikdash, Bimher Be'amenu, when we were worrying about Tumah and Tara, that could have come from a Zav or a Zava. You don't know, who's, you don't know who, who, where that came from. And therefore, that could be really Tameh stuff. Like nuclear, you got to really avoid it. How we know why Jerusalem is holy? Exactly. Jerusalem, however, is holy because why? Because you got a lot of people running around worried about Tumantara because they're about to go to the base of Mikdash. So people are dunking in mikvahs all the time and they're trying to keep Torah, as we'll see. There's a Shuk Elyon and a Shuk Tachton. Like the upper Mamila Mall, everybody was Tameh. 
right? Because they had to have sort of like a separation of, of, of traffic flow where we know, well, here is where the mostly Tummy people are. Here's where the mostly Tahar people are. You needed to really be very careful about those things. They even have Tame and Tahar cafes, Right? So people had to know, like, where, right? The Badats was very busy. People had to know, like, what, what they're, what they're interacting with. So, so again, in Yerushalayim, like you say, Goranos was very holy. People are worried. So if you see spittle, you don't know where it's from. An unbelievable statement that, in, that, that if it's a suffix, if it's in Yerushalayim, then whether it's spittle or you see just a random kli, you can assume that it's tahar. Right? That's amazing. So therefore, okay, what are we dealing with here? We have a needle. It's in the Yerushalayim. Why would we assume that it's Tameh? Right? We said that we assumed that it was Tameh. But we can't because it's in Yerushalayim. So if we found it on the ground, we would think that it's tar. So here we found it in a cow. So why would we think it's Tameh? So Gemara gives uh, some attempts to answer this. First attempt. Amar Abiyud Amarav. And Mildred was part of the Hever Kadisha. And she had like a brooch, like a pin. Okay, and she lost it. And she knew that she lost it at some time that she was handling a tmei mace. She was tummy. She had a tmei mace on her. Okay, and then sure enough, you check the animal and you, hey, there's that Mildred Vosh. <laughs> you recognize it. You literally recognize the pin. So now you know that, that where that pin has been. That's why the needle was tummy. It wasn't a suffix. It was actually a recognizable needle. That's one possibility as to why he thought the needle was tummy. Another possibility, Rabbi Yossi bar Rabbi Avin Amar, Parachasuma Oh, well, we said that if you find a random kli on the ground or spittle on the ground, that, that if you find it in your shalim, you can assume that it's tahor. However, in this particular case, you find it in the cow. Now, where has this cow been? Well, the cow has been muzzled its entire time since it entered your shalim. So, whatever it took in, whatever it ingested, had to have been ingested outside Yerushalayim. Now, if you find the needle outside Yerushalayim and you have a suffix, that you have to assume is tummy because people aren't careful about the Tumantar outside Yerushalayim. All right, so now we're at the two dots, 17 lines down, and we say the following. So that's, that's what we know the needle is tummy. So says the Gemara, Gufa, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi this very concept of you have a suffix, spittle, or kli, you find it laying around your shalim. They were not there. they assumed that it was tahar. How so? Sorokin tanina. Saliva, we learned already in uh, Mishnah. And kalim tanina, and so too kalim. How so? As follows. Rokin tanina, in other words, the question here is why do Rabbi Lazar and Yosef Rukhanina have to make this statement? If it was already found in the Mishnayos, which Mishnayos was it found for, in? As follows. Because we learned in the Mishnah, you'll recognize this Mishnah from Shkalim. It's the Mishnah says, Beferish. Any spittle you find in your Shalayim is Tahar. There it is. The Shukha Elyon, Upper Mamila Mall, was filled with Zavim. That was where they directed all the traffic of the Tomei people. Okay. So the Gemara answers, Lo Right? It was necessary, even though it was established, then the question is, why do you have to teach you that the Rokin of the upper mall is probably, is probably Tame? We know that that's clearly the Zav area. So that's why we needed the, right, the, the, the following statement in addition to the Mishnah. Right? That we had to tell you that the saliva is assumed tar, even though it, it, we know that the Zav passed through the area, that even if you found it, right, 
in in an area where where it may have passed through that area, it, we're still going to be considered um, uh, tahar. In other words, he's not there anymore. But when he passed, even though we know that he passed through that area, we're still going to consider it um, tahar. And with regards to Kalim, Kalim Tanina, we learned about Kalim also in the Mishnah. The Tanan call a Kalim and Tzayim Yerushalayim Derech Yerida Levesa Tevila. Right, this is a Mishnah, the next Mishnah in Shkalim, that any Kalim that you find Yerushalayim on the path leading down to the base of Tevila. Right, in other words, who's going down to the base of Tevila? People who are Tame. So therefore, the Mishnah in Shkalim says that Tame. Those any Kalim you find there, that's presumed Tame. But that certainly implies that Kalim anywhere else in Yerushalayim are presumed to be Tahar. So therefore, why did we need to have, again, these Amarayim uh, teach us the Halacha, right? Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yosef Hanina. Why do we have to, to have them teach us Halachas that we learned in Afan and Mishnayis and Shkalim? So the Gemara says, Well, according to what you're saying, that if you find a random plea in Yerushalayim, a star, Ema Seifa Derech Aliyah Taharin, Hade Alma Tameim. Uh, so what's happening now is the Gemara is pointing out an internal contradiction between the two Mishnayos and Shkalim. That one makes it sound like only Derech Aliyah is Tahar and everything else is Tameh, right? El Dafka, Dafka, right? In other words, one makes it sound like Derech Aliyah is Tahar and everything else is Tameh. The other makes it sound like Derech Yerida is Tameh and everything else is Tahar. So everything else, is it Tameh or is it Tahar? So he's saying no. The Rasha, the, far, the, the part that says that the Derech Yerida is Tameh and everything else is Tahar, that's Dafka. The Seifalav Dafka, and the second part that says the Derech Aliyah is Tahar, it's not meaning to say that everything else is Tameh. In other words, when we say that only the Derech Yerida is Tameh, we believe the inference that the rest of Yerushalayim is going to be Tahar. When we say that Derech Aliyah is Tahar, that we don't mean to say that the rest of Yerushalayim is Tameh. That's Lav Davka. We simply mean to say that that's Tahar just like the rest of Yishalayim is Tahar. Ula Fuke Gaziasa. And the only reason we even say that only the Derech Aliyah is Tahar is to, is to exclude that the, from the idea that Tahar, that of, that there's Tahara only to the Kalim found in the Nari alleyways next to the Mikvah. Because those utensils are going to be considered Tame. In other words, when we're saying that the Derech Aliyah is Tahar, then we're just trying to exclude like the little tributaries right next to the mikvah where clearly Tommy people are coming. But the rest of Yishalayim is not excluded by that portion of the Mishnah and is assumed to be Tahar. Okay, so again, when we say that what we're basically saying is areas where Tommy people are frequenting clearly are Tame, so then of course we're going to treat that as Tame. But all the other areas that are Suffolk in Yerushalayim will be treated as Tahar. So we'll pick up here tomorrow, 12 lines up from the bottom, on your test, Amid Beis. Baruch